0: a show about breasts and the people who have them. From bras and sexuality to health and everyday life, this is the Very Breast Podcast ever.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
0: The nipple. Most of us have two, some of us have three, some have none at all. But one thing is for sure, if you have female nipples, there are a lot more rules about when, where, and to whom you can show them than if you have male nipples. Biologically, nipples serve a very straightforward purpose. After childbirth, breast ducts transport milk from the glands inside the breast out of the nipple, where the milk exits the ducts to enter either a breastfeeding infant, a bottle, a breast pump, or what have you. But then why do men have nipples? Nipples actually develop in the womb before the embryo's sex is apparent. By the time the Y chromosome does its job to distinguish the fetus as male, the nipples have already started to develop. Side note, If you are or happen to know a nipple expert who might want to be on the Very Breast podcast ever, DM us, email us, you know the deal. It may sound obvious, but what makes the female nipple different is that it lives on a breast and thus is considered an erogenous zone. When it comes to censorship of nipples, the rules and regulations are and always have been limited to female nipples. When I was doing my research for this episode, I had visions of listing all the places where the female nipple is persona non grata. But in the United States, the rules for female nipple exposure are all over the place. They vary from state to state and sometimes even from city to city within the state. And sometimes those city laws conflict with the state laws. What's a female nipple to do? Explicit bans on female nudity are sometimes phrased as a woman exposing herself in a way that is quote-unquote lewd or obscene, or they just refer to quote private parts. But with such vague wording, that means it's up to the arresting officer to decide if an exposed nipple is a criminal offense. And that seems more than a little problematic to me. In New Orleans, the law states that the quote genitals, pubic hair, anus, vulva, or female breast nipples Are explicitly banned from being exposed in public in quote any public place or place open to the public view with the intent of arousing sexual desire. Okay, unless you're on Bourbon Street and it's Mardi Gras. There's a tradition there of women bearing their breasts in exchange for beads and to my big surprise it actually hasn't been around that long. The practice began in the 1970s and became popular among tourists because the police just stopped enforcing the law during the holiday. Sounds like someone's sexual desire was getting aroused with that one. In West Virginia, exposure of, quote, sex organs is banned. But breasts are not technically a sex organ. And in Missouri, the public nudity law only references genitalia. And it's been a while since I took AP Bio, but I know that breasts are not genitalia. So it's not technically illegal to bear your female breast nipples in public in those states, but there's still a chance you'll get arrested if you do. There are a few places where female nipple exposure is 100% unambiguously A-OK. For instance, in New York City, women have been allowed to go topless in the same situations as men since 1992. And from my own experience, it's not uncommon to see a pair of boobs in New York flying free and living their best life at events, street performances, parades, and many other situations. When I mentioned private parts earlier, I was specifically referring to a ban on exposed private parts in Ohio. But several court rulings in that state have determined that breasts are not, quote, private parts. In a famous case in 2017, a federal judge of the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals officially freed the nipple in Fort Collins, Colorado, saying it perpetuates a stereotype ingrained in our society that female breasts are primarily objects of sexual desire, whereas male breasts are not. And in 2019, that same federal court ruling led to the ban being lifted in the rest of Colorado as well as five other states. Utah, Wyoming, New Mexico, Kansas, and Oklahoma. While I believe this is a step in the right direction, it's important to note that other federal courts and other jurisdictions across the country have continued to uphold outdated laws banning public exposure of nipples. Female nipples, specifically, of course. This means that across the country, federal courts at the same level have opposite rulings on basically the same issue. Are there any lawyers out there who want to help explain this one to me? Can we get just one topic about breasts that isn't so complicated? An attorney in the Fort Collins case, Andy McNulty, said this, quote, "...the idea that women's bodies are purely sexual is something that was perpetuated by this law." By getting rid of this law, we are saying that women are more than just a sexual object and their bodies are more than just a sexual object. They're human beings just like men, end quote. Thanks, Andy. Although in the 21st century, it really troubles me that we still have to say out loud that women are human beings. I read a few quotes comparing the laws around female nipples to how playboys and other pornos are hidden away in stores as opposed to front and center. I also read a quote comparing it to men not being allowed to pee in public. I don't really get the connection there, because we're not asking to do anything that men aren't already allowed to do. The human breast is not just a pornographic object. It's not dirty. What women of the Free the Nipple movement are fighting for is about gender equality. As I'm recording this, much of the country has been experiencing an unbearable heat wave the last couple of weeks. How much more comfortable would women across the country be if they had the freedom to take off their tops without stigma or persecution? Even in places where it's legal, a lot of women just don't want to do it because there's so much stigma attached to it. One of the plaintiffs in the original Fort Collins case, Britt Hoagland, had this to say about the Free the Nipple movement as a whole. Quote, The erasure of unprofitable chests is too common. The Free the Nipple movement is represented by young, cis, abled white women with perky and large chests. That beauty standard is not revolutionary. Their bodies are already on billboards in lacy bras and bikinis. So us activists must ask, how exclusionary is this right that belongs to all people? I'm talking about people who are fat, disabled, tattooed and scarred, people of color, trans and non-binary folks. Why is our representation so limited and patriarchal? How do we make this more accessible for them? End quote. She brings up a good point. We all have nipples so we should all be subject to the same rules and regulations about them. So far, what I've talked about covers nipple censorship, IRL, in real life. But what about the other big part of most of our lives, social media? This podcast, and I personally, mostly use Instagram as a social media platform, so that's mostly what I'm going to be focusing on today. I did some research into Instagram's official policy on nudity. As of recording, this is what it says in their community guidelines. Quote, we know that there are times when people might want to share nude images that are artistic or creative in nature, but for a variety of reasons, we don't allow nudity on Instagram. This includes photos, videos, and some digitally created content that show sexual intercourse, genitals, and close ups of fully nude buttocks. It also includes some photos of female nipples, but photos in the context of breastfeeding, birthgiving, and afterbirth moments, health-related situations, for example, post-mastectomy, breast cancer awareness, or gender confirmation surgery, or an act of protest are allowed. Nudity in photos of paintings and sculptures is okay, too. This is pretty much in line with the laws i brought up so far, even if it is a little wordy. That is, if it's in a sexual context, keep those female nipples covered up. I think it's important to mention that male nipples don't get brought up at all here, but I digress. But how does Instagram dictate what is sexual in nature? From my understanding, it's a combination of a digital algorithm that automatically flags images and hashtags and also their self-reporting feature that requires real human eyes to determine if an image is inappropriate. Once upon a time, the Instagram nudity ban also included images of, quote, breast squeezing. In August of 2020, a plus size model named Naomi Nicholas Williams inspired the I Want to See Naomi campaign when a beautiful photo she posted was marked in violation of Instagram's rules and taken down. In the photo, she is topless, but her nipples are hidden by her hands as she embraces herself. The photo was an image of self love and not sexual in nature at all. But as a bigger woman, there was no way for her to cover or hold her breasts in that way without squeezing them. And the photo was taken down. It was clear, though, that a woman who was smaller would have been far less likely to have been flagged, even sitting in the exact same pose. Naomi reached out to Instagram, and even after being assured that the removal of her photo was a mistake and it was not actually in violation of Instagram's nudity policy, the image was continuing to be removed when posted, and her followers' accounts were being shut down by Instagram when they tried to post it. Naomi wrote a now famous open letter to Instagram CEO saying, quote, When Emily Ratajkowski, Kylie Jenner, Playboy, Kim Kardashian, and millions of other notable influencers or slim, white celebrities upload near-nude photos of themselves, their pictures are not in violation of Instagram's community guidelines. However, my pictures, which showed less of my body, were removed, and my account was threatened with closure. It is abundantly clear that Instagram reproduces the same racial biases that society does. Seeing fat, black bodies is too much or unpalatable. End quote. I'm paraphrasing, but if you want to read the whole letter, and I recommend you do, go to our sources on our website and click the link to her letter. Naomi was actually able to convince Instagram to change its policy on nudity. Today, Instagram allows photos where someone is, quote, simply hugging, cupping, or holding their breasts, end quote. But the ban is still upheld in cases where, quote, people squeeze their breasts in a grabbing motion with bent fingers, or if there is a clear change in the shape of the breasts, end quote. I'm not sure how anyone, no matter what size you are, can cup or hold their breasts without bending their fingers or changing the shape of their breasts, but anyway. In another instance of a female nipple not quite adhering to the stereotypical definition, a model and influencer named Rain Dove challenged the norm by posting a series of videos of themselves in various situations topless. Rain identifies as gender nonconforming and has female presenting breasts. In one video, they are playing basketball And I challenge you to watch this video and tell me the difference between this and the hundreds of thousands of videos of self-identifying men in the exact same outfit doing the exact same things. As Rain says in the video, and I'm paraphrasing, quote, this is not sexual Instagram. Your guidelines censor female nipples. My identity is not female or male, so I am not violating your guidelines. Even if I did identify as female, females can have pecs, males can have breasts. And if you argue only people with pecs are considered, quote, male-bodied, pecs can be bigger than breasts. They can be fetishized. So what's so different? End quote. Naomi and Rain's story stood out to me because there is absolutely no reason to treat a, quote, female nipple differently than a male nipple. And in many cases, the female nipple is unfairly and inappropriately fetishized. Like I said earlier, in the womb, we all start out the same. And the only thing that makes it different as adults is our own perception. Why can't we change that? All of this nipple talk made me wonder about my own views. I am 100% in support of gender equality and the right of women and all people to show their nipples if they want to. But would I ever be brave enough to do that myself? I have to be honest and authentic about myself on this podcast and in life in general, and my true answer is no, I wouldn't be. Perhaps if human breasts had not been so fetishized when I was growing up, I would feel differently. But that's my choice, just like it should be anybody's choice how much of their body they want the world to see. At the very least, we should all be subject to the exact same standards regardless of gender, size, race, or any other demographic. As a bra designer, I know that there are times when it is 100% appropriate for a nipple to be showing in my line of work. Think of a mesh bra or hell, a white bra that just happens to be a little see-through. And yet it is so common on social media and in advertising to see a sheer bra advertised on a woman, photoshopped or face tuned to unnaturally hide the nipple. That kind of seems like false advertising to me. I spoke to a good friend of mine and fellow designer about it. She's a lingerie designer and founder of the company Sada by Sarah. She has a respectable social media presence and does much of her business by interacting with her customers on Instagram. She talked to us about her dedication to self love and body positivity, the differences in designing and advertising both men's and women's underwear, and how social media has both helped and hurt her business. She is sweet, humble, and one of the most creative people I have ever met. Without further ado, I want to introduce you to designer and founder of Sada by Sarah, Sarah Dawson. <laughs> Okay, so welcome to the show, Sarah. Um, we're so happy to have you. Welcome to the very best podcast ever. Could you introduce yourself to our audience?
3: Yes. So my name is Sarah Dawson, I'm from Brooklyn, New York and I'm an intimate apparel designer and I specialize in custom-made lingerie, but I also have a shop online that you can shop that's um, called started by Sarah. And it's basically the whole brand is focused around Confidence because I feel like lingerie is like a secret weapon for women, and that's what my brand is all about just owning into that confidence that everybody has within them and finding a way to spark it.
0: Um, so Sada by Sarah, that's a play on your name, right?
3: Yes, so there was not that much thought into the name Sada, <laughs> it's literally the first two letters of my first name, first letters of my last name. People have asked me, like, help me come up with, with a name for my line, I'm like, I can't, I didn't think that hard. <laughs> <but I'm> like... <laughs>
0: It's really simple. And um, yeah, rolls off the tongue. Yeah, yeah, that worked out well for me. (laughs) Um, So I'd like to ask you a couple things about your personal bio, some things you wrote about yourself. So um, in your brand description, you say one of your goals is to break the intimate apparel taboo that exists. What taboo specifically are you hoping to eliminate?
3: Um, well, the bro- the tab was a little bit more broken down at this point. I feel like from when I first started the brand, um, but I feel like when I was in school and learning about intimate apparel and how much of a norm it is in like the European culture, I was just like, we don't even think about a pretty, pretty bra without it being associated with sex here in the state. Like, I don't know why that was a thing, but whatever. America sexualizes pretty much everything that they can think of. And yeah, if you wanted a pretty bra, I was like, well, who are you showing that to? Who's that for? You know what I mean? Like that was a whole thing about it versus it's just like you get your matching bra and panty set like as soon as you get boobs and you you know what I mean? It's like a different, it's a lifestyle. It's normal to have pretty underwear and pretty bras and it's not for anyone but yourself. So once I started learning that and catching on to that same concept, I was like, well, we need to bring that here and make it so that it's about you because it is about you and you do feel better on um, wearing a nice bra or whatever. And even if you, no one ever sees it, but yourself, it still could change the way that you feel when you leave the house in the morning, when you're walking down the street, the way you interact with people, it's something so small, but it's the closest thing to your body. So it should make you feel amazing and great. And if it happens to be made of lace that's even better
2: i'm sorry did you guys yeah. see um victoria's secret um <laughs> so victoria's secret is changing their brand ambassadors oh
3: they caught on They've yeah said, well, that's
0: about they, time they, well, right
2: <laughs> so refinery i think they said um they replaced them with like more diverse like just in general but the quote that they said was so obviously they're saying about how they fell from popularity and all that stuff. But the quote from today is we need to stop being about what men want and to be about what women want. And it's like, really? Okay. Thanks. Hello. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for
3: outing yourself that that was your brand's MO <laughs> up until right now. Like that was self-sabotage at the same time. Like yeah, also, they're not, you were only thinking about men this whole time.
0: Cool. Absolutely. And that, that, um, they're not using their angels anymore. I think they're using yeah. brand ambassadors and athletes. And um, I'm so terrible with sports, but it's that one great soccer player who uh, has the beautiful <laughs> undercut. <laughs>
3: I wouldn't know either, but I cannot you know. remember her
0: name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Megan Rapino. The name that I was trying to think of was Megan Rapino. So sorry, Megan. Shortly before we recorded this interview in May, 2021, Victoria's Secret, under the leadership of their new CEO, unveiled a new campaign that did away with their famous angels and replaced them with seven diverse and inclusive brand ambassadors. These included American soccer player Megan Rapino, plus-size model and body positivity advocate Paloma El Cesar, photographer, writer, and fellow podcaster Amanda de Cadene, actress Priyanka Chopra, transgender model Valentina Sampaio, and British Fashion Council's Model of the Year and refugee rights activist Adut Akech. Early on in Sarah's career, before she started her company, she did some work with Victoria's Secret and told us a little about her experience. Let's listen. I remember
3: probably maybe last year, I saw the um, nude, like no show panties or whatever, like no visible panty line panties, finally in the select color of like options of nudes. And I pitched that probably within the first year that I was working there that was back in maybe 2014, 2015, like, Mm -hmm. and they were like, we don't really see the purpose, and I was like, okay, I'm not crying, (laughs) like, you know what I mean, like, I had to eat that, because they didn't think that it was important, but then, like, when I was about to leave the company, that's when um, they started pitching to get those colors done, because I'm working with manufacturing, they're like, oh, they're working on new colorways, and stuff like that, I'm like, well I guess <laughs> it's important now you know <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that is interesting that that's their new mo but that that is initially what I like learned within like learning about intimate apparel because it wasn't always my thing I saw later on looking back at old stuff that my life was leading up to that because of the way my pieces looked it never looked like anything else it looked like it was leading in this direction but I just didn't know I didn't Think about intimate apparel like that, but once I got into that realm and I understood that it was for me, it changed my whole perspective. And I wanted to help other women with that because even when people come to me for like custom pieces, like to this day, they're like, Well, anniversary is coming up, so and I'm like, Okay, <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> that's the only time you're gonna shop my brand because <laughs> that means I'm getting you once a year, and that's crazy, you know. So. It's just switching that. And it's not even just about the business part, obviously that's important, but you guys like, you should get a little bit more comfortable with yourself so you can be comfortable in front of other people later on. That's what's
0: most important. Um, Absolutely. And so you have this great quote in your bio that you said, um, it doesn't have to be about looking sexy for someone else. It's about expressing your own confidence and comfortability Mm -hmm. as a beautiful person. Confidence in yourself is beauty in itself. And you've kind of talked about it already, but um, can you tell me a little about your own personal journey to reach that outlook? Basically, I felt like for a long time, like I was a
3: late bloomer, as America likes to call it. You know, other countries may, maybe don't even think like that. But to American standards, I was a late bloomer. And I felt like, you know, for the longest time, it was just like, you know, people guys thought I was cute don't get it twisted (laughs) guys always thought I was cute it was always guys (laughs) always trying to talk to me but I felt for the longest time it was like you're cute you're cute but it was never like oh I think you're really sexy and that was weird to me because it was other girls that were getting that kind of attention or whatever so I had to like kind of block out that need for it to come from them and kind of feel that way about myself first and I just carried myself that way and it showed and yeah, of course people reacted differently to me at that point, but it didn't really matter. I didn't really need it at that point because I felt sexy by myself. And I want, I want all girls to feel that way. I want them to just find it inside of themselves first and not depend on hearing it from somebody else because that person could change their mind the next day. But if you feel good about yourself, nobody could tell you shit basically or whatever. And I want everybody to be on that every customer that i have to be on that wavelength um and it's not going to happen overnight i'm saying one of my panties is going to change your your whole life in two seconds it you know it's a process but if i can kick start that whole process for you that's beautiful and like when i sit with the you know any client when they start to meet with me i usually ask them like what what's your favorite body part you know what's your favorite feature or whatever and so so they don't start with saying like, I want to hide my back fat. I want to hide this because it kind of puts you in a negative space. So let's talk about what you love and then we can go from there, whatever. And then, yeah, if you want to talk about stuff you want to hide later on, but at least let's start on a high note because I mean, even to this day, it's like a, you constantly will battle with like what you look like as a female because our body changed so much. And it's just like, oh, I want to go down or I want to go up or whatever and stuff like that. You're going to constantly feel that battle. And you might have people in your life that are constantly telling you that you look fine you look great but you need to feel like yourself mm-hmm. everybody goes through that and it's just like it'll go right through the other air if you don't start feeling that way about yourself and it's a constant battle it's never just like I feel good always 100% and that's it it's a constant you know growth that you have to keep doing and pep talk
0: gotta yeah yeah you know? And I, I love that you start with such a positive question, because normally it's like, well, what are your problem areas? Exactly. You know, and I, I love that your question is, what's your favorite body part? Because that even has me thinking now, like, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that.
3: Yeah, yeah, because it could be your eyes. And it's like, oh, you you like your eye color. Let's play with these colors in the mm. garment then you get all excited and you're just in a better mood rather than like, <laughs> I hate yeah. my stomach, I hate my legs. And, you know, <laughs> like that, it's just, you know, it's a rabbit hole of things that you hate about yourself. So it's just like, let's start on a positive note and it's easier to stay on that wavelength.
0: Yeah. So this episode is about social media. So I do want to switch gears a little bit and ask you, um, how do you use social media to promote SADA and, and what platform do you use most often?
3: Um, Instagram the most. I honestly only use Facebook for the more mature adults. <laughs> they <laughs> love Facebook. And also, that's the only way that you can set up the Instagram instant shop. You have to have your Facebook linked. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever done that before, but it's at first I wasn't going to make a separate brand page because I felt like I already had the following with my personal page, but you still want to have your own personal identity and stuff like that you don't want to just be your brand and that's it so Mm -hmm. I mostly use um Instagram and before that it literally was just word of mouth but social media is amazing I'm able to hit other countries with my you know promotions and stuff like that and it literally took my brand to a level I didn't see initially now I can see it but initially I didn't know that it could get as big as it was I thought I'd just be doing custom orders for like forever but because things were coming in so frequently I had to create the online shop with size things that you know do bring in a chunk of the revenue but I still love doing custom pieces and it just exposes people to the smaller brands that you know we were struggling you know what I mean yeah i don't want to just be famous in brooklyn like i love brooklyn (laughs) i love New York, but the world's way bigger than this i've learned that through working for other companies and it's just like i'll just go and look at the like geography of where people are hitting my site from sometimes and it blows my mind like places i would have never thought that people could see my stuff but because of social media and um they do actually go from the instagram to the website sometimes people scroll there but I do see a lot of traffic on the site and they'll show you that it's coming from this social media platform and it's always Instagram. Facebook is a lot smaller than the Instagram Mm -hmm. uh, traffic that comes through, so um, I've gotten into reels. I like those now. They're they're a little tedious, but they're fun. I think they're a very fun way to promote items. I do the video breakdowns on the IGTV videos where I like will break down a collection with each piece, what kind of fabrics I use, what silhouette it's similar to from an older collection. People really like those videos as well because photographs just don't do it sometimes. Like you can't mm-hmm. really understand the dimension of the garment and everything. And when you see it in someone's hand and seeing how they're stretching it, you might get a better feel of what the garment will be like on yourself. So it's mostly instagram and uh mm
4: -hmm. i
2: love that i love that too because it really is so true like i feel like women just like i know me personally i'm like always trying to discover new brands and i so it's like and i do the same thing like as a shopper i use instagram more and more and more to discover brands yeah because i'm also like you know i'm 37 so like you know but shopping and now i'm like well okay i know kind of what brands are like fabrics I want and so you can kind of like learn and discover a brand that way and then yeah. see if it's like a good fit for you so it's it's that's cool
3: yeah what with, with intimates is a little you know it's scary because I know that's something that people are so used to being able to just go and touch and you want to like make sure it's going to feel good on your body and stuff like that so to see the sales as well as they are doing just off of online and photos and stuff is, is beautiful like I'm like man, if I had a brick and mortar, it'd be over for you guys. <laughs> like, you know I mean? But this is great for now, and um, it's you know it's you save money this way. So I'm gonna ride it as long as I can, and then you know we'll see what happens in the future. But um, yeah, through hashtags, through especially because um, people have become way more aware of black owned businesses recently and everything, and people have been researching it, and there's a bunch of Instagram pages that are dedicated just to promoting those and you know, so we can get it exposed. That's also been great. But, you know, just trying to learn the the hashtag tricks is also cool. Cause it's like, what would I type in to look for? What exactly I'm looking for right now, or what I'm trying to show. So it's like a science to it. And it's still like, I don't know why this picture got more traffic than the other one. I still haven't <laughs> mastered it yet people love when I put up the this or that on Sundays. Sometimes I'll put on my story and you could say like, oh, I like this bodysuit more than this one. It's all stuff that I made. And sometimes like super old stuff from like when I was in college, but it's just like, oh, I get to directly talk to my customers. This is something that people have to create a whole separate team to get this information. I'm just clicking it right there and I'm getting feedback and I'm seeing the people that have actually shopped the site versus people that just have like kind of scrolled so I might take their vote a little bit more (laughs) seriously than the other but you know it's like you can get feedback right away and people love that like if they're DMing the brand they're they're talking to the person that's literally making the stuff and that's creating the line or whatever and it won't be like that you know forever because I want my business to keep growing obviously but I love this relationship. I'm getting to build with my customers because that's what I always did when I did the custom orders. So it's like, I kind of get to maintain that and I see reoccurring customers and I might send them like, oh, like you get 10% off your next order. Like you've been really supporting the brand. This is, I really appreciate every order. You get to see them post and tag you and things. It's like, it's so cool. And I love social media for that because I get to see how they react when they're opening things like things you would have never saw mm-hmm. for social media was a thing so I think that my timing is perfect
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and it's um seems like social media has really been a game changer for you then and for your brand yes yes absolutely
1: Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select Lab-Grown Diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com.
4: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving
0: to me, uh, if you think about the word influencer, it's basically anyone with an audience and you have, I think almost 4,000 followers on Mm -hmm. Sada's Instagram. Yes. What does the term influencer mean to you? And would you consider yourself one? Um, myself, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like in
3: person I am, you know, like I can pop your ear off and make you want to go buy something and shop somewhere, but like my friend, Sydney, who's the muse of the brand, the one with the very short hair, sometimes bald head, straight up bald head, but whatever, she's the muse of the brand and she is what I consider to be an influencer because if I throw something on her, I know people are gonna buy it. And it's literally her energy. Like, you know what I mean? You go on her page and she's just gorgeous and you're like, I wanna look like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's enough, like people that can get you excited to wanna try something new that's an influencer right and I feel like he does that well with just being herself to me I have to genuinely be inspired by your page and just like the presence I can get through a screen because if it's through a screen and I feel a way I know that in person it'll probably be even greater you know what I mean yeah. like and that's not just like photos I mean like I want to see videos I want to hear you talk like I want to really because I'm a people person you know what I mm-hmm. mean so, like it's just like ah, you could take a pretty picture but you're like horrible (laughs) and I'm not gonna (laughs) entertain it because it's just it's a weird culture you know what I mean it's like some people that are just like good on online and then you meet them you're like oh my god you're so mean (laughs) like I really don't like (laughs) this at all but I feel like the influences that I have worked with that have been successful they they've been great enough to leave a, a good taste for me that I can still move forward and do it a little bit more but I feel like the brand page itself um influences people to want to wear lingerie out I feel like I am really good at that at styling lingerie to be worn as outerwear because that's mm-hmm. always been my thing um I feel like we all did it in college. You know, like we find a way to shift our <laughs> bra a little bit or wear some thigh high hosieries and kind of show a little lace part at the top. Like we've been doing it for years. And because- Yeah, of that, I was, um, I I was and- a big
0: champion of the side bra. I was a big champion of the side bra when I was in
3: college. With a big open tank. Yeah. (laughs) We found ways to show it because we were proud of our lingerie. Like, it wasn't Mm -hmm. a secret to us. Like, we're like, no, this is beautiful. And I paid a lot of money for this. So (laughs) you're going to see it. You know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't like to be overly sexual. It was a pretty piece of clothing. Mm -hmm. Like how people wear hats and whatever accessories. It was an accessory to us. So yeah.
0: It goes back to what you were saying earlier. It's not, I'm not wearing it because I'm trying to please anybody else. I'm wearing it because I like it and it makes me confident. Exactly, Um,
3: and some women wear heels, some wear flats, whatever, like mm -hmm. whatever makes you feel good, you're gonna wear it. So, And if you wanna show a little bit, then why not?
0: So when it comes to your brand and even your personal Instagram, if you wanna answer that, how important is authenticity to you versus curating the image that you wanna show the world?
3: authenticity is everything because I will be found out eventually <laughs> like I don't want to be fake because I, I want to keep going and keeping public and meet new people and I don't want to want them to be like oh well you're nothing like you're you know online basically I, I always fear that because I felt that with other people before and I'm like geez that was a disappointment you know what I mean and if I'm inspiring somebody you know as scary as that is and inspiring people is one of the scariest things that you can do because then the pressure is kind of on you if I'm inspiring someone I want to be able to be up to the standard to which they saw me in and and they only build that if it's from afar they can only build that off of what you put online you know Mm -hmm. so I try to always be authentic more recently I feel like Before I was going out, I was still working corporate at one point. I was going out every day, dressing up every day. Now, most of the time, I'm working and working from home. I do everything um, in my space. So I'm not getting dressed up to get cute all the time. And whenever I do go out, it's like a rush because you're excited because you're going outside. I forget to like snap a pic when I'm out or before I go. So now, usually, if I'm building content for the site, It's something I would wear outside, but I just usually don't go out as much or whatever, but I'm not going to have this clothes just sitting here. So Mm -hmm. I might do a real styling, some outfits of what I would wear out and stuff like that. And I guess that's like authentic, but not authentic at the same time. That's about as fake as it's going to get because (laughs) I get cute in the house and I didn't go anywhere. That's probably as fake as it gets.
0: So our listeners may not realize you actually also design menswear. Yes.
3: It's still new, but yeah, it's going <laughs> good. It was scary for me to dive into because I feel like men are more picky than women in some they are, yeah. like <laughs> especially with their underwear. And <laughs> I was scared. I was like, do I want to do this? And I photographed it and I really like how it came out. I photographed it again and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this because I felt good about it the next time. Maybe it was biased because it was on my boyfriend. <laughs> but I felt good about. I'm like,
0: this is good.
3: Put this out. And I felt really good about it. And then I got the pictures back, and I just posted a very small, like, zoomed in photo of it. And like, the guys are like hitting me up, and then girls are hitting me up because they wanted it for their guys. And I was like, oh my God, is this going to sell? And it sold <laughs> really well. And um, it's still selling pretty good and everything like that. But it's still like a new venture for me. And I'm still trying to like find the kinks to it and stuff like that but I love it it's it's such a different thing to play around with and Mm -hmm. like I want to always keep growing as a brand and not be stuck
0: so um so since you are venturing into the menswear world and you've been doing women's wear for a while you've probably been aware of like the very different perceptions of male and female nipples Yeah. So (laughs) what I'd love to know about from you is why do you think, or do you think that nipple censorship is something we should all care about?
3: No, I really (laughs) Just to be transparent, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be fake. I'm gonna be authentic with you. Uh I don't, I don't think it needs to be so blown up as it is. Like, I get it. You want to be sensitive to like maybe kids and stuff like that or whatever. But then it's weird to me because it's like, it makes people uncomfortable about something that is part of their natural body. You know what I mean? And, and again, men show it all the time. Summertime nipples out all day. Mm-hmm. If one of ours pops out, even during just breast breastfeeding, it's like the end of the world for everybody. So, I mean, like out of fear of Instagram blocking me I edit mine out of the um brand's photos and everything because they already they already block my brand so much even just with the shot, it's just like this is a uh, this is showing nudity this is showing nudity I'm like have you seen these other websites like and their Instagram pages are you seriously blocking my stuff because they're showing like a little bit too much cheek or whatever they want to call it it's definitely um bias on social media because some in some ways it's okay in some ways it's not the same way it is in person again with like the same thing with male and versus female mm-hmm. I feel like the same thing happens brand to brand on social media about what is accepted even they even blocked Rihanna you remember she got kicked off her mm-hmm. <laughs> nipples and I'm like yeah there are other celebrities that do that
0: every week on social media and you kicked her off. It's just In 2014, Rihanna was almost kicked off Instagram following her posting an image of herself from an Italian magazine cover. Rihanna has never had shame about showing off her nipples, and this was not the first time she had gotten backlash about it. After this post got censored, she reposted it to Twitter and posted a meme poking fun at Instagram for their prudishness. Like I mentioned earlier, the Instagram rules on nudity have changed a little since then, but this is still a significant event in the censorship of female nipples on social media. The standards jump from um,
3: gender to race to whatever. They, there's always like a different standard that they're constantly jumping back and forth with. So, I mean, I think when I see it on the street, it doesn't really phase me personally. I just, I play it safe simply because my brand is so new and I don't want them to block me off of social media for it. But besides that, I don't really think it needs to be as blown out of proportion mm-hmm. as it is and to make people feel so weirded out by it. It's, it's such a weird conversation to even have. It's just like, they just make them seem like they're the most horrible things to see in the world. And it's really not that big of a deal. Girls are way more comfortable with it now, which, you know, I applaud, like I see nipples all the time in the city now. And it's like, oh, <laughs> regular to me, but I could see, you know, homeboy over there having a, a heart attack when he's. He yeah. It.
0: Um, so when you do run into a situation where you want to post a photo where your product is either sheer or it shows a bare breast, um, how do you approach that? Well, I was
3: saying, I do edit it out um, for media purposes because they'll block me. They're already Mm -hmm. ready to block uh, a Black brand that's flourishing right now. They're looking for any reason and knock Mm -hmm. me off online in the first place. So just for that reason alone, I do edit it out. Um, I call it out on the site and on Instagram, like the meshes see-through just so people know what they're purchasing. But... I mean, there's no way around it right now. At least that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like for that to change because I edit my own photos and it does take me time to have to edit out a damn nipple every picture. (laughs) So I'm all for that whole phobia changing. It's just how do we approach it is, I guess, a bigger question. I mean, how would you approach it?
0: Well, I've seen a lot of people do like make it cute, like they'll do the little smiley face or like the sparkles or something. Um, When I've looked at your page, I noticed that if you don't like stamp it out in Photoshop, you'll you'll actually use pasties and do it ahead of time.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes, that's been saving me time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I do like the nude ones by. Is it fashion? I can't. Fashion forms. Yeah, the one that they sell like Dwayne Reed though, like the cheek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been using the gummy ones, the silicone ones, rather than I used to use the flower like ACs all the time, but they shine so hard. It's mm-hmm. just like you've actually made my garment look ugly now. <laughs> and I hate that. And this one, it's like you still get the the feel that there's a nipple there, but it's not like yeah. Yeah. pointing
0: at you. Do you feel like If you're forced to blur out a nipple, do you feel like it takes away from the authenticity of your product?
3: Yeah, Um, especially when it's like a very delicate lace or or it's a very bold embroidery, it's almost impossible to edit it out without distorting what the actual fabric looks like. And it is very frustrating.
0: Yeah. Um, So you mentioned earlier, you had said something about American standards when it comes to nudity versus other countries. Like in your experience, I know you've traveled a lot. Do you feel like the attitude towards the female nipple is different in the rest of the world than it is here or? Um, Well,
3: I I did go to Sri Lanka a lot because of the last company that I worked with. And I mean, the, (laughs) they would get by a lot of the designs, especially when like it was like they couldn't comprehend the idea of a couple's bra, uh open crotch panty or whatever, and stuff like that. Like it, it was just like, why? What, what would you use that for? What is the point? Not even even thinking of like bedroom terms, they just couldn't even get the whole <laughs> thing wrapped around their heads. And for them, I feel like it is very reserved there, but. I come from a Jamaican family and our parties, like the things that we wear, nipples could be showing (laughs) since I was five years old. I've seen stuff like that and it's regular. So it's like, I've seen different cultures. I feel like it's not a shame in at least the Black culture that I grew up with, because it's very different sections of Black culture. I'm not going to lump us all together Mm -hmm. um, and say that, but from what I grew up with, it wasn't as a shameful thing my mom was never shameful <laughs> of her house yeah. at all like it was always just like free the nipple was not even a conversation because it was the norm kind of a thing yeah and um and then also I felt like I've seen like certain things when I was in Europe like in Paris and London and I don't know if it was just because it was a newer generation but they would do like a, a nice sheer linen pant and you can like boldly like they wanted you to see the thong that they had on underneath or the lace panty that they were wearing or a sheer top with a lace bra and you could still see the nipple through it, but you appreciated the lace more than making a whole big deal about that you could kind of see that nipple. So mm-hmm. I see both and I feel like the U.S. has changed a lot in the past like three or so years. In regards to like, you'll see it a lot more, not just like at a parade or something,
0: right or
3: being, you know, whatever. Like their most free selves, you know, you can see that walking down the street in Soho. I don't know about Fifth Avenue yet, but <laughs> maybe <me> Soho <laughs> in Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn's very free now, so yeah.
0: I love also that you use models of like so many different shapes and sizes to promote your product, including a lot of plus size models. I wanted to know, do you find that you get different responses from your followers depending on the type of model you choose to post? Um, It's okay. So the plus size market,
3: I'm still trying to get to understand because, because it's a lot of demand of, oh, I hope that you can make this in my size. I wish you could make this in my size. And then you put it out in the size and then. Sometimes you're just like, well, you're not going to (laughs) shop. Like, I thought you wanted all this, you know what I mean? So I'm still trying to understand exactly what they're looking for, at least for the plus size um, market that has gravitated towards me. I wouldn't say I'm a plus size expert yet because especially like what I've seen in my own Black community, we're not one shape, you know what I mean? Like, you can't assume that for like one pieces, like for a bodysuit, you can't assume that the plus size model is also going to have plus size breasts you know what I mean He might still be a b cup or you know a c cup it's not going to go to an extreme size or that she's definitely going to have a really huge butt or anything like that like Mm -hmm. that can't it's not general like that it's a harder market to get into but I do feel like it is appreciated more Mm -hmm. so and they you know they love the model that I use she gets plenty of traffic um her photos and stuff like that it does people go to the site um, so i think it's a great asset to the um, company and the brand but it there's a lot of conversations i feel like need to be had around it because even i just read something on um i can't remember which site i saw it on but it was a blog and it was about um how plus size um women were responding to the fit of fenty and from what i knew i thought it was a great fit you know, just from the reaction that I saw online, but then there was a lot of people saying like, you know, it doesn't match this and blah, blah, blah. It's not the standard. They're using these models with these size cups and it doesn't match, you know what I mean? And I would have never even noticed that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But like my plus size model, she has a very, very full bus. Like mm-hmm. her bus is huge. So it it's like maybe I'm pulling in people, but also deterring people at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. like, with plus size models, you might need one with a small bus, one with a big bus, with a bigger and smaller and mm-hmm. It's like the same way you play around with different sizes and regular sizes, regular Missy sizes, you would have to do the same thing for the plus size models. Mm-hmm. But I think the traffic is pretty good and the response is pretty good. People love the fit look on the plus size model as well. So that's refreshing because it's, it's
0: hard. <laughs> it's hard to get that fit. Yeah. Do you ever get any negative backlash when you when you post?
3: Um, not that I know of. Nothing anyone said to my face. I don't know it's because they scared. <laughs> <laughs> just follow me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Basically, the way that the shop works where you can tag your products, um, it goes into a Facebook catalog it pulls the photos from your website, right? And it uses that for the catalog. And then you're able to tag your items on Instagram, right? So what I've been trying to play around with to not get my items, they call it rejected because of nudity or whatever, they'll reject it, is I'll try and um, have the main photo that's like the thumbnail be something that's kind of zoomed in. And it's been working a little bit. I hope they don't like, see this video, like, oh God, we gotta take this again. But that's been helping with, way that i can still post things because i did there was certain photos where it was just like the bigger the boob most of the time the bigger the areola and everything whatever and you're trying to you do have to pose like that because mm-hmm. if you don't one you're going to just take away from the lace if i try to edit it out or the embroidery so it was easier to just pose like that so i don't even know i would have to go back and look you know i'm just i just feel so beaten sometimes with fighting with <laughs> this, this damn online catalog that
2: well and you have to think like you're an independent business owner. And I, I used to work for Urban Outfitters, and mm-hmm. I mean they have whole graphic design teams of people airbrushing out nipples <laughs> and like in the underwear. <laughs> and it's like you know you're just like one person trying to like. Oh my god! So I it's, was like the I was system,
3: just my, like this we just like calm down. And I'm like, I didn't think they find somebody to do this, but I'm like, what if they do it wrong? So I need to, I'm in the process also of learning to like, like go and I'll start yeah. with like an one or something. Let's just, cha- <laughs> Let's just an intern, change the system exciting. so
2: that you don't have to worry about it anymore. and so you don't have to edit them out. Showing, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it
3: will be like a conversation with me and the model and be like, are you comfortable with this? If you're not, then I'll edit it out. But if you're comfortable and you don't care, then let me leave it. It is one less picture that I'm going to have to do this with. It's not like I'm throwing them in your face yeah so I your kid is is following on instagram <laughs> you, have you, you don't have to follow instagram me at all. <laughs> like it's it's not my business exactly it's it's one click and then
0: yeah with. unless I pop up on your explore page and I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um so Sarah I've I've looked at your brand for a long time now and it's I'm so happy that I got to talk to you because learning about your process it's like it's really cool. Like what you're doing is amazing. And I love your product. And I I love hearing about, you know, the behind the scenes story with it. Um, Where can our listeners buy your product?
3: So you can go on my website is www.stopbysarah.com.
0: In case you missed that, that's www.s-a-d-a-b-y-s-a-r-a-h.com. And on the website
3: there will be a shop section. We can go directly in your shop online. There's also a section called Book where you can book what I call a meet and measure with me and I will measure you and we can co-design a beautiful piece with you. So oh that's amazing. I might do that. (laughs) Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. That's what like it's custom season right now. Like everybody wants custom piece because it's the summertime. So
0: We talked so much about your Instagram, but I don't know if you ever actually said what your handle is. What's your Instagram? (laughs) My Instagram, a brand one is at Sada by Sarah.
3: And my personal one is at Sada Fashions. So Sada Fashions, you'll see more behind the scenes stuff, which is kind of cool. You also just see me being a regular human being. And you'll also see me working, like you could literally see me working on your custom piece on like my story and stuff, which is cool, so
0: do you have time for a few rapid fire questions? Yes. Okay. What do you call your breasts? Oh my God. <laughs> Everyone's favorite question. <laughs> oh my, God. my girls. I
3: feel like I just told them my girls if i call them anything.
0: <laughs> um, what's your least favorite word for breasts? Oh my God. Jugs. I
3: feel like I hear that when I was younger and I was like, oh, <laughs> it doesn't
0: sound appealing. I'm sorry. What's your favorite thing or something interesting about your own breasts? Um, They grew this year
3: <laughs> tremendously and it's probably just because I gained weight, but I was really annoyed because I have all these like expensive bras that I've bought in the past and I can't even fit in them and I was trying to still do it. But the underwire basically, okay, fun fact, I have a very small mold, but it's like a mold that's like 3D mm-hmm. right under my bra line. <laughs> so the wire was hitting it. And now I'm just like, damn, I can't wear these bras anymore for real. Cause it was like painful. So I'm now a bralette girl.
0: <laughs> I like that your, um, your bra size got bigger and you switched to bralettes. It's usually the opposite. That's, that's I know. inspiring. I know,
3: well, I make really good bralettes. So <laughs> they're, um, they're good for size.
0: Be be careful with that mole because for years, I thought I had a mole at my underwire and it turned out it was a third nipple. So you might want to ask somebody about that.
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't think my nipple would be this small. I don't
2: think (laughs) six based on the other ones. I don't think think. six percent of what is it? The The population
0: has has a third nipple.
2: nipple, So it could be. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You might want to ask someone because I was surprised to find that out. (laughs) I asked my boyfriend, like, does this look like a nipple to you? What do you think is the hardest part of having breasts?
3: Um, underboot sweat is probably the The hardest part, um, and potential back problems. Yeah,
0: yeah. Who bought you your first bra?
3: My mama. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember where it was because I didn't care about them at that point in my life yet. They were not boobs; they were just very large nipples. There was no (laughs) boobs next to it yet, so (laughs) the
0: horrible experience. I wanted them gone. I was like, okay. (laughs) And what do you do to treat your breasts? Any practices or self care? Um,
3: I do exfoliate once in a while, not tremendously because I don't want to, you know, wear down that very soft skin. And I use this, um, body butter by this lady called Cheek Afrique, And I actually met her at like an African street fair and it's called what, Toto Butter. And it is the softest, most calming smell body butter I've ever used in my life. And I actually also use it on my thighs because- is stop under-boot sweat and chafing. So it's amazing. It, my boobs like it. I haven't gotten any um, stretch marks on my boobs, despite how heavy they've gotten. And I feel like that product plays a part because it keeps skin nice and tight. Awesome. <laughs> and I do push-ups to keep my bra like I want to keep them as much as I can. So I do a lot of push-ups for, you know, chest support.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay, so unless there's anything else you want to plug, um, thank you so much for joining us. This thank you. That's such a great like, conversation. Fun. I, yeah. I, I
3: really enjoyed myself. It was nice talking to both of you. Yeah. And I learned some stuff too. So that's, totally <laughs> cool. I learned something in my thirties. I'm just
0: like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never <laughs> stop <laughs> learning.
3: <laughs> so much more, so, yeah.
0: The very best podcast ever was written, produced, and recorded by Nadia Figueroa and Alyssa McHugh. Cover-
4: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh.
2: so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you
0: art by Alyssa McHugh. opening music by margaret tran check her out on spotify For episode transcripts and sources, please visit our website at theverybreastpodcastever.com. Do you have questions? Corrections? Do you want to tell us your breast story? Get in touch with us on Instagram at theverybreastpod or email us at theverybreastpodcastever at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make today the breast day ever.